Hey, you are listening to Oh Crap Parenting with me, your host, Jamie Gorlacki. This is a podcast for conscious parents who drop the F-bomb a lot. Hey, hey, guys. So today we're going to be talking about dads, moms, dads and moms' roles in the family. There's quite a backstory to how this podcast came to be about, and I'll fill you in on that. But first, a stomach bug is sweeping the nation. Every single one of my clients has it. So if you have it, I'm sorry. It appears that things are coming out both ends, (laughs) but it is quick. And if you again have it, I wish you Godspeed. I myself have been very well for the last couple of months. My son caught a cold and now I have that tickle in the back of my throat. So I'm doing all the things, zinc, cursidin, colloidal silver, oil of oregano, (laughs) all my things, hoping I can keep this at bay. But I do have a little bit of a frog in my throat. So you'll hear that and I'm hoping it won't be too distracting. All right. So let me give you some backstory as to how this episode came about, because we're going to be talking about dads and dads stepping up to parenting in a way that they haven't in past generations, dads taking part in parenting in a way they haven't in past generations. And this is a big conversation. I am opening the dialogue and it truly is a dialogue because I'm not claiming to be an expert. Anything I say isn't law. I'm kind of grabbing what I have heard from emails, DMs, clients, client work, and what I see on the internet and what I see in articles and blogs. So I'm not pretending to be like the authoritative figure on this. I really want to open the dialogue because there's so much to it. I super appreciate all of you dads. And I think we can't underestimate the value of your role in your children's lives. And for our boys, I think you model how to be a man. And I think for our girls, you are their first love. I think how you treat your spouse is how we teach children how to be in relationship. I think the role of dads is super important and I super appreciate you. So I want to say that first off. So the backstory of this is a little bit disjointed and my thoughts, in fact, are a little bit disjointed. So I ask you to please listen to this whole episode because it's going to wrap up, even though I'm going to come at it from different angles. So the backstory is If you've read my potty training book, my potty training book is very much geared towards moms. And in fact, there's an actual dad cheat sheet at the end. And I'd say at least, I don't know, a few times a month, if not more, I get an email from a dad or a mom saying, you know, it's not 1950. Dads are taking part now. You wrote this just for moms. I even had a mom write me, I could feel her anger through the email. And she was like, my husband won't even read this book. You lost two people because you cater to moms and not to dads. And I was like, this is bullshit. (laughs) So I was shocked because there's a couple of things. And again, my thoughts may seem disjointed about this, but I was shocked because number one, can't we just replace mom with primary caregiver? Like the idea that we have to specifically label and say dads and moms, even when there's other caregivers, that was my first reaction. I was like, well, just replace it. And I know people do because like right now I'm working with all dads. And so I know not everybody gets offended by this, but the bigger issue is my book was written in 2009. And so I really ask you, and I I did this on my potty training podcast, but it bears repeating here because we have to further the conversation is like, where were you in 2009? 
were you parents? Because being in the parenting space for this long, I see trends. I see wild swings from this to that. I see things come up that never came up before. So in 2009, when I started this work, I literally never worked with a dad. Then as my work progressed and I became more popular and got, you know, full client loads and I had a working forum in which I worked with thousands of people, I never worked with a dad for the first five or six years of my potty training work, which was fine. But really people asked for a dad cheat sheet because the dads weren't going to read the book. The dads were barely taking part and the moms wanted just some assistance. Literally in 2009, people would say this, my husband's going to babysit the kids on the weekend and he needs to just know like the broad strokes. He's not going to read the book. So I provided (laughs) what people were asking for at the time. And then 2014, Simon & Schuster bought the book. There were nine editors and Simon & Schuster is really, really good. Even if you go to their Instagram page, they keep up on like social norms, right? Cultural norms. And nine editors never said a word about the way my book was catered to moms and had this dad cheat sheet at the end. In fact, they thought it was great. So I'm just giving you historical perspective, even though 2014 doesn't sound that historical, right? Is that it still wasn't a thing. Then I would say somewhere around 2015, 2016, I can't remember exactly, but there was a distinct shift in my work. And what was happening is, you know, historically, a mom who left the workplace to have her baby struggle to get back in, right? Like maternity leave maybe took a couple of years off for those early years and found that they couldn't get back into the competitive workforce. And of course, you guys, I am speaking in broad generalizations based on my client load. So I do work with people all over the country. I work with people all over the planet and I work with thousands of families a year. So I know I'm talking in huge generalizations. I know there are outliers. I know there were women making money back in 1950. I know (laughs) that there are always going to be outliers, but this was the general climate of my work. Right around then, and what was happening around 2015, 2016, for whatever reason, dads were getting laid off or they were hitting a glass ceiling and they families were discovering that it was better for moms to be the breadwinner and for dad to stay home. And that was new. That was really new because I remember it was almost like I was driving a standard car and it sh- I shifted into another gear. I was like, wow. Then I would say, honestly, during the pandemic, well, the pandemic was different because everybody was home, but maybe the year before the pandemic, really, that's when dad started to show up for Zoom calls. You know, when I work with a client, the first thing we do is a Zoom call and dads were there either on the Zoom call themselves or right beside their wives. And I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. This is such a great shift, which is awesome. I'm so, 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 so happy. The thing about my book so when people write to me, let's, let's address that verse. When people write to me about my book, I can't change my book. Number one, Simon & Schuster owns my books, both my books. When you go traditional publishing, they buy your book. So technically, Simon & Schuster could stop my book. They could put anything they want between those pages, between those covers. It's their book. Now, it behooves them to have me stay in front of it, right? I'm the author. I know my shit literally and figuratively. So it behooves them. But you don't change books. You don't just reprint a book. That's not how it works. And I have talked to Simon & Schuster, and we're talking about a 10-year anniversary edition of the book where we can rewrite because clearly things get outdated, especially our society seems to be shifting really fast in all different directions, and things get outdated very, very quickly. 
but I know that there's just no way I can change the book. So just know that, that there's no way I can change it. And I know it's not 1950, but I keep going back to this like, yeah, but 2009 was still kind of this parenting climate. Now, I have had a knee-jerk reaction to this because even the words, dad will email me and say, I'm helping now. Yes, but just by the nature of you saying, I'm helping now, you're recognizing that that wasn't always the case. And I am so happy. But I'm wondering, like, do we have to acknowledge that you're helping now? And I don't mean to sound rude or sassy about it, but like moms have been carrying this load for a really long time. And I'm thrilled that dads are taking part. This really should be an equitable, you know, a marriage and uh, having kids together, living together as a family should be an equitable distribution of tasks, right? That is great. But my knee-jerk reaction was like, okay, great. You're doing what probably should have been done all along. Of course, I've had time to regulate myself. <laughs> and that was my knee-jerk reaction for actually a long time. But I've been opening this can of worms over the last, I'd say, month because I sent out an email. I sent out an email a couple of weeks ago. If you're not on my email list, you can sign up on a link via Instagram if you want. I send out you know, three or four emails a month. And what happened was at the beginning of February, I was on a flight two flights and the East Coast was going through this horrible windstorm. And I didn't know it when I got on the flight, but the first flight, as we were landing, they literally had us brace for impact, like the head between our knees, the landing was going to be so rough. The second flight, the pilot kept missing the landing strip five times. He kept being blown over and we had to keep circling. It was terrifying. So as it happens when terrifying things happen, not that your life flashes before your eyes necessarily, but like I had this I don't know what to call it. It was just like, it was almost like a spiritual moment. And I had this thought that just popped into my head as we were not landing. And I was like, wow, if we take care of the moms, the moms will take care of the kids. The kids will take care of the planet. That's it. We have to take care of the moms. <laughs> so, And so I sent out an email saying this, and I got a reply from a couple of people saying, hey, like, I understand. I listened on your potty training podcast. I understand that your book can't be rewritten and include dads, but it'd be great if these emails could include dads. And I, again, had a knee-jerk reaction like, yeah, but I'm not talking about dads. I'm talking about moms. And so a couple of thoughts happened as I've been really exploring this and really pulling this apart in my head and really listening to people via emails, DMs, and conversations. So number one, when I speak of moms in my emails or in my work, very often I'm speaking to women who happen to have children. I'm not talking about the caregiving role necessarily. I'm talking about moms as people who are chronically tired. And whether you're the breadwinner or whether you're a stay-at-home mom, we know that moms take on a lot of the invisible work. We also know that moms tend to be shittier at self-care. Dads tend to be, not dads, males. Males versus females, I will say, okay? And again, huge gender generalizations, but for ease, I'm going to go with the generalizations. Women will give up self-care always, 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 always. And dads and men tend to not. They tend to take better care of themselves. They tend to take less bullshit. I've never heard of the dad competition culture, whereas the mom competition culture is really apparent. I never see like dad one-upmanship on social media where I see that in moms. I haven't been privy to any dad groups like Facebook groups or dad, you know, baby groups like mommy groups, like daddy groups. I've never been privy to those. I don't know that they exist, but a large part of not only the invisible labor, but the 
invisible cultural bullshit maybe (laughs) lies on the moms. So very often when I speak about that, when I'm saying like, take care of the moms, or if you follow me on Instagram or even this podcast, I've been really focused on like, moms, this is what you need to do looking forward for menopause, right? So that's woman to woman of women who happen to have children. Now there's another context that I use moms, which is moms as like a primary caregiver. So again, when I do that, I will of course, be much more conscious and try to say parents, and I will try to include dads as much as possible. But oftentimes, I'm really just for brevity being like primary caregiver. So if you're the primary caregiver dad, I fully acknowledge you and I may fumble along the way because we're in a cultural shift, you guys. Now, I've said this, this is in my potty training book. I've said this before. I'm 54 for reference, for age reference. My mother was part of a generation that largely women didn't go to college. And again, I know there's outliers, but largely moms often went to college to find a man. My dad got home at five o'clock. My mom was expected to have dinner on the table. My mom would sometimes saute onions in the house. So it smelled like she'd been cooking all day and she would whip up something fast, right? There was this cultural expectation. Now, I think my father was even more archaic than most. He wasn't the most pleasant man nor father. But I do think we're in the middle of a cultural shift and that things haven't caught up. I have heard from when I sent out that email, I sent out another email saying, hey, I'm going to do a podcast on this because this is a big nuanced conversation. And a mom wrote to me, well, actually two moms telling me that they were the breadwinner, that like, hey, I just want you to know this, that I am the breadwinner. My husband stays home with the kids. My husband's in charge of their teeth. My husband's in charge of their health. I'm in charge of school activities. And they have this like really equitable division of labor, invisible and visible. And so that is awesome. And this one mom said, and I want you to know that all my friends are the same. So she was like, careful to let me know that it wasn't, that she wasn't an anomaly, that she wasn't just an outlier, that she knew other people doing this. And again, I think that's so fucking fantastic. But that's not the norm. You guys, that's not the norm. And when you take in other countries and all of America, that's not the norm. And I'm willing to bet you guys live in a cosmopolitan city, right? Like we know that city catches on to things faster and that cities, you know, just tend to be cooler. (laughs) I don't know, like to be up on cultural shifts faster. How about that? That's a, that's a better way to say it. And again, you guys, I'm going to make all kinds of like mistakes here. So don't come at me. I'm coming at this with like a really honest heart. And I just want to open this conversation. I also think that when I talk about moms and then dad say, well, what about me? It's a little bit like that. You know, like if I'm saying, Hey, I want to really support cancer survivors. And somebody says, Oh, what about fire victims? Well, no, I'm focusing on cancer survivors. Okay. (laughs) So I just want you to be aware again, that a lot of times in the context, I'm using it as woman to woman of a person who has children. (laughs) Now, There's no secret. And I had linked in one of these emails, this fabulous video. Maybe you've seen it. You're such a good dad. So this woman, I think her name is I am Farina. Oh gosh, I'll try to remember it in the show notes. It's a hilarious video about the mom does all this stuff, all this stuff, all this stuff. And then the dad takes the kid to the park and society says, you're such a good dad. And we see that, right? And so that is another factor that plays into this as women have been kind of trampled on. The work that women have done has been sort of just expected, just been the norm, just parenting. Nobody says you're such a good mom to a mom who brings her kid to the park, but if a dad does it, dads get all these accolades. So it's kind of like another 
slight against women, kind of like when you're like, well, shit, I just did all the work, right? <laughs> now, I've been hearing from people, like I told you, I, he- I heard from some moms who are the breadwinners. I heard from a large majority of women who said, I feel seen. So I do need to throw this into the mix that a large majority of people don't have this equitable division of labor, don't have a dad who's taking part. I talked to many people, both friends, personally, professionally, DMs again, emails, and even like the best of the best of dads, you know, like a really good friend of mine was like, my husband is the fucking bomb. Like, I love him so much. He works so hard, but he still says, I'm going to help you out today and take her to the bus stop so you can work out. That's kind of like, I'm going to help you out, right? So when we look at the language around this issue, oftentimes, and even when people write to me, they say, I'm helping out now. Exactly. But nobody says that about moms, right? Like the mom doesn't wake up and say to dad, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to get the kids ready for school. Or if it does happen, it's very rare. So there is some language that still is like, okay, great dads, you're helping out. But is your wife telling you what to do? Is she making the list of things to do, right? And we know this now. This is well-documented. Google it. Just Google mom mental load and you're going to pull up New York Times, Washington Post. Every major news outlet has something on this is the invisible labor of moms. And we call it the mental load. And so even dads, if you're, are you taking part in potty training? Are you sharing in the equitable division of invisible labor? What's invisible labor? So that's, the birthday parties, the scheduling, the buying of the gifts. Do you know what size your child is? Could you go out today and buy the next size clothes for your child? Are you aware of all their preferences? All of them, colors, textures, foods. Are you aware of them? Are you aware of upcoming things? Do you help schedule or do you look at the calendar that your wife has scheduled and you say, oh, okay, I guess now I know what to do, right? A lot of wives have complained about most of our men will say, give me the list. I'm happy to do the list. I did a reel about this on Instagram with Pascal. He'll say, mom, just tell me what to do. But what happens is there's two of us in this house and we don't have a dishwasher. So if there's a pile of dishes in the sink, he says, you just have to tell me what to do. And I'm like, dude, you just put dishes in a a sink full of dirty dishes. Like, look and see. Why should I have to ask you to do the dishes that you used? And again, I think this is going around the internet. There's so many reels on this and some are hysterical. And again, a lot of them are dads who are showing up, who are recognizing this and are trying to remedy the situation. And I don't blame dads. I'm not blaming dads. I think this was a cultural thing that changed. And I think, I think number one, dads really did start to want to be part of their children's lives. They were like, wait a minute, decisions are being made without me. I want, I want in on this. I want to be part of this. So I think that's amazing. I think women have had it. I think, you know, in 1950 or even my mom's generation, it was so much easier to be a stay at home mom. There were no markets for children. We didn't do anything but play with mud outside. That's it. I think Wizard of Oz and Old Yella and Sound of Music came on the television once a year. We didn't have to manage screen time. My mom didn't have an identity other than housewife. So she wasn't trying to keep other things alive. There was no social media. There weren't even answering machines. Like she didn't, if she didn't pick up the phone, she had no worries. There was like nothing on her mind. There were no parenting philosophies. There was nothing to look up, nothing to research. You bought the crib that was at Sears and Roebuck. There weren't car seats. So you didn't have to research that. 
There wasn't shit food, so you didn't have to research that, right? So moms didn't have quite the mental load that they have now. Parents didn't have the mental load. Dads made the money. Dads came home. Dads did some disciplining. And that was kind of it as the social norm. So we're seeing this like immense shift. So again, I'm not blaming any dads for this cultural upheaval that seems to be happening. It almost feels like an earthquake. It's like, oh, wow, things are shifting, but our language hasn't shifted. You know, something like my book, there's going to be archaic literature out there, no matter what, right? My book included. And so I guess I'm asking for patience. I'm asking to not be offended. And I think like, let's be cautious. If you're going to reach out to tell me like, I'm helping now, notice that you're wanting acknowledgement for doing what has been done historically by mom solo. And that's all I'm asking. But I want to bring up a more important point when we start to talk about the equitable division of labor, because I think something, and I've been talking about this in my personal life and people are like, holy shit, I never thought of that, is dads have an invisible labor mental load too. And I think when we start looking at this, this starts to make a lot more sense. So I know about the dad invisible labor because I'm a single mom. My cottage in the woods that I bought in 2020 is my first home that I've owned. And with that comes all the home ownership decisions. And there are some guy decisions. Like I literally have two friends' husbands who have agreed to be, I call them my rent-a-husband because I need a guy's input. I need a male input. And again, huge gender stereotyping here. I understand that. So I'm just for ease, play along with me. I know women make these decisions. I know women are in charge of some of the typical male things that I'm going to cite here, but I'm just doing this for ease to really bring home the equitable division of labor. But let's look at what guys typically do in a household, right? Our dads typically maybe do car maintenance, change the oil, look at the tires, know the tire mileage, that kind of thing, right? Maybe they do handyman stuff or make the decisions about new windows, the roof, those kinds of things, right? Maybe they take care of the landscaping and the lawn. Maybe they do the Christmas lights or holiday lights or whatever. Maybe they help with the gardening. Maybe they do the gardening. I don't, my dad was always in charge of the gardening. We helped. So those are some of the quote unquote guy decisions. And I know as a single woman who moved into a house, I was getting decision fatigue because I didn't even know some of these things. So my friend's husbands would come over and I'd be like, what windows do I need? And they were like, well, you want blah, 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 blah. And I said, perfect, thank you. What do I do with my driveway? My driveway's dirt, it needs to be excavated. They were like, well, what you need is blah, 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 you know? And so it's really helpful for me. I literally had my friend and her husband I had to go get a new car because Pascal hit a raccoon and was a whole thing. But anyway, I had to go get a new car. And I was like, can you guys come? Because I can't, it's not that I can't do it. It's that it's a lot of mental load. And so having a guy there to help with the mental load of these decisions really helped. And so I think guys do have a mental load. But what happens is this, there are household mental loads. Let's say what it takes to run a household. There's grocery shopping, there's house maintenance, there's cleaning, there's laundry, there's making the meals, there's grocery shopping. There's a couple of videos online where they stop a family in the street. It's sad, but it, it is telling as to the cultural climate, right? Whereas, you know, the dad is with the kids having a great time. Like maybe they're at Disney, they're on vacation, clearly adores his children. And, and the interviewer says, you know, hey, do you know what's in your fridge right now? And can you make dinner? 
And the dads are like, no idea. Most of these dads didn't know their kid's birthday or their neck sizes, these kinds of things, right? And so again, I think it's poking a little bit of fun, but I think it's it's good to keep the cultural norm because we all tend to be in our own world. Our friends tend to be like us. So again, if you're a stay-at-home dad or if you're a dad who's like super taking part, it's easy to think, hey, everybody's doing this and everybody's not. And so I think we always take care of the lowest common denominator, which is I feel bad for the woman who's not getting that help, who has all the mental load. And I want to be a shining example. I want to say like, hey, look at these dads who are doing this other thing. So I forgot where I was going with that. Oh, division of labor. Okay. So there's all these things that are the household. If you didn't have kids, these things would need to be done, right? All of these things, the household maintenance, the cleaning, the laundry, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The maintaining of the vehicles, the maintaining of the landscaping. Now, when we start to separate these things, and they don't have to be even, but the male ones, the mowing of the lawn, the car maintenance, maybe working on the house, these tend to be solo activities, right? Maybe your child can take part in handyman stuff. Maybe your child can help you mow the lawn. But generally speaking, these are mostly done without children, right? And then the mom part of the labor of the house, grocery shopping, laundry, those tend to happen when she's got a kid in her presence, right? So mom, with those two divisions of household labor, we already have one that's a little more intensive with a child and one that's without. And I do see this a lot on social media where a stay-at-home mom, the dad gets home from work and he's like, I'm going to go mow the lawn. So the stay-at-home mom doesn't get a break from the child that she's been with all day long. She's probably ready to poke her eye out with a fork. And while the dad is doing some division of labor in the house, doing the mowing of the lawn, he gets to mow the lawn by himself, maybe put on headphones and listen to a podcast, right? He doesn't necessarily have the parenting aspect. Now within the household mental load, we also have the parenting mental load. Now with a child comes bodily functions, whether that's potty training, wiping the butt, changing diapers. We have child laundry. Child laundry is frustrating. Those little clothes are like so annoying, right? So there's that. There's there's scheduling, there's play dates, there's the activities, there's researching the activities, there's summer camp, researching the summer camps, researching the products, researching the parenting philosophies. How are we going to discipline these kids? We never thought about this, but now our two-year-old is being a little shit. What do we do? Generally speaking, a mom's going to go try to find help, listen to podcasts, do whatever. A lot of times the dad won't. And I know there are dads who listen to this podcast and my potty training podcast, and I love you for that. Generally speaking though, you are the exception and I appreciate your exception and we're going to elevate you to elevate all the dads. (laughs) But generally speaking, that's what happens, right? And I know I have clients, I have friends who are so frustrated because they don't have in their quote unquote downtime, all they're doing are researching products, researching activities and researching how best to deal with big feelings, how best to deal with tantrums, how best to deal with discipline, these kinds of things. And then the mom will tell the dad and the dad will be like, okay, I disagree. I don't disagree. I have a large amount of dads who with potty chain, they're like, I'm not doing that but I'm not reading her book and I'm not researching anything on potty training, but I'm not doing what she said. Like that's literally what I hear from clients. So it gets a little frustrating. So within that, we got this division of labor for the household stuff, right? And now we have the kids. And if you have multiple kids, this gets even crazier. And so all I ask is that in any family, if you guys are game, what I think you should do is just sit down together and write out 
everything you do. And I think moms, I think you will be shocked at what dads think about and what their mental load is because nobody that I have talked to thus far has factored in the dad mental load. So I want to honor that. I want to honor it with a caveat that a lot of these things are done solo without the child. So giving a mom a quote unquote break so she can go grocery shopping without a child, that language is rampant. I'd say I hear that language 90% of the time, right? Which is, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you out and take the child so you can go grocery shopping. But is it a break? She just is doing a household task. Like grocery shopping is not that fun. Like if she wants to go to Target with a latte, now that's a different story, right? But this is what I'm asking is like, we have to look at all the language. We have to look at the language. And I think not only is it a cultural shift, but I think that society has to come a long way. Like we have to stop congratulating dads for being a good dad for taking their kid to the park, right? Like that's just a dad. You're just a parent. And I think one of the things, even when Pascal was little, so this is 16, well, maybe like 14 years ago. Yeah, maybe 12 years ago, 10 years ago. I refused to let him watch some of these Disney programs. There was one about, oh, what's the name of it? She was a witch. The family was witches. I can't remember, but there were Disney and there was like, there was one with Cody, I think. I forget the names, but in every single one of these Disney programs, and this is largely on sitcoms too, they picture moms as these kind of sarcastic bitches and the dads as these bumbling fools. And even though Pascal's biological father isn't in the picture, I didn't want him having this notion that moms are these shrews and dads are these bumbling fools who can't handle anything. And so if we start looking at movies and sitcoms and media, that's often the case. And so again, we're experiencing this cultural shift that I think if we pay attention to it, pay attention to it. I think that's the biggest thing. And we can start making a bigger shift for everybody. Once again, I am thrilled beyond belief. I don't even want to say that dads are taking part. I want to say that dads are parenting evenly or equitably. And that is, if you're doing this and your family has figured it out, for those moms who wrote me and said, I'm the breadwinner. This is what my husband does. This is what I do. A fucking men, like you guys figured it out and you figured it out ahead of the curve. And I congratulate you. That's amazing. And then for the families that aren't quite there, like dads, watch your language. Like, yes, I get it. Like you love your kids and your kids love you. And again, there is Nobody roughs house like dad. Nobody plays like dad. When I'm working with a dad, like dads don't parent the way moms do. And it's fucking awesome because dads are usually funner. <laughs> they don't put up with so much bullshit. Like kids will pull crap on moms that they won't pull on dad because dads got like, they have a perfect pitch. They don't take bullshit. They take better care of themselves. Like I said, they don't compete in this competition culture. I think they're more secure in their parenting. So yeah, like, man, we need you guys to, to be equitable in parenting because you, you're a strength. You're a strength to the family and you're a strength to our society. And so I can't thank you enough for the people who are doing the work. I do ask that maybe we don't ask for gold stars. Maybe we don't ask to be acknowledged because you're now helping. Maybe now we try to make the cultural zeitgeist to be, no, 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 I'm parenting. Maybe the next time somebody says you're such a good dad, Dads, help out make this shift and say, no, I'm just a dad. I'm just a dad bringing my kid to the park. <laughs> I'm just parenting, right? Because again, nobody gave moms these accolades. And I don't know that moms need the accolades. I don't know that anybody need. I think everybody, if you're listening to this podcast, you're a good parent. But I wish we didn't even need this. Like, we're just parenting. 
We're all raising little humans and it's really hard. And culturally, again, through just in my generation, all the new factors of the world, phones, social media, computers, working from home, working remotely. So many parents are in IT and have to bring their work home with them, have calls from Dubai in the middle of the night. You know, like it's just such a different world with different things. Now we have to have kids in classes. Now our kids need to be socialized. I I don't know. I ate mud pies in the backyard till I was like five. (laughs) I don't know that I was social. I I think I was pretty feral. (laughs) So there's all these things that now contribute to the invisible load of raising a child. And if we can do more of an equitable division of labor, I think that's where the secret sauce lies. Again, this is a big, I think it's a sensitive conversation. And I, for sure, not any of this conversation was meant to attack, offend. I'm sure my language wasn't perfect. I'm sure I made mistakes along the way. So I'd love to have dialogue. Don't get mad at me. I'm trying to open the conversation and I'm trying to I'm trying to like make peace, I think, with the wide spectrum that I see in my work. I'm trying to make peace with like, I mean, guys, we still have domestic violence. Like for fuck's sake, we have women being beaten in their own homes, you know, like, like we have to factor that in and not everybody's got this great situation. Mostly I think it's this like middle range, like my friend had said, like great husbands who are doing more than ever, than ever any past generations that treasure their time with their children, that treasure their relationship with their children. And yet we're still seeing this language of, I'll help you do the dishes tonight. I'll help you. And so that's where I would like to see even a bigger shift. All right. I'm going to shut up now before I start like making more language mistakes. (laughs) I was, I was nervous to do this because again, I don't have an expertise opinion. I have what I know was my knee-jerk reaction. I have what I know I sat on. I know what I heard from people. And so I kind of want to represent everybody, which is nearly impossible. But I think it's a big conversation. So I welcome I welcome your thoughts. I welcome your comments. And yeah, I am thrilled. I appreciate you, dads. I really do. I have tried. It's been It's been very poignant being a single mom and not having a dad in my son's life and really trying to patchwork that together with relatives and mentors and trying to be, you know, a mom will never be a dad. Sometimes on Father's Day, parents, you know, my friends will be like, oh, happy Father's Day, Jamie. And I'm like, nope, nope, I'm not a dad. I'm a mom who can do some guy things, but I'm not a dad. (laughs) And so you are so important to your children's lives. And I couldn't be happier that this whole cultural shift is happening. All right, you guys. As always, rock on. I appreciate you all. I appreciate moms. I appreciate dads. I appreciate our kids. And that's all. Okay, bye everyone. Just a reminder, if you need additional resources, I have Oh Crap Potty Training. I have Oh Crap, I Have a Toddler. Those books are available everywhere you want to find a book. (laughs) You can also go to my website, jamieglowacki.com, where you can book private sessions with me, buy any of my courses. Those are really geared towards potty training help. And also I'm on Instagram. I'm not on Facebook anymore and I'm not on Twitter. I'm on Instagram, jamie.glowacki, and I do a lot of lives and uh, usually posting a lot of good information. So those are extra resources for you. And as always, rock on. Have an awesome day.